Hi, and welcome to the Pleasure for Health podcast, the space where we talk about topics related to intimacy, relationships, desire, and of course, pleasure. I'm your host, Ailsa Kepi, a somatic sex educator, therapist, and a lifelong student of the body-mind-spirit connection. You can find out more about me and my programs and services on my website, www.pleasureforhealth.com. Now, on to today's show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. Today I'm here with Declan and we're talking about something that is uh, pretty out there in the world right now. And the word is empowerment. And I wanted to just give a little background on why this is a topic that has to do with sexuality in particular and how being empowered in the bedroom, let's say, or in our sexual relationships can really ripple out into the rest of our life, which is what I found. So uh, let me tell you a little story. I'm a mom of a few teenage girls, four to be exact. There are some of them are older now, but one of them was having some issues at school. And, you know, uh, I was struck by the fact that she was trying to speak up for herself and you know went to the relevant people her teacher the vice principal the principal and at every corner she turned she met with this same kind of helplessness that was i can't help you i don't know what you can do you just need to like go figure it out you know make peace with yourself and my daughter was really upset by this and you know came to me with this dilemma and, you know, I resonated with this because we're, the world is full of frustrations. You know, always we're kind of dealing with these walls that we come up against when we're really trying to do something that we are passionate about or get someone in their world. You know, I think we can all relate to having this kind of barrier that we hit. And so, you know, what I managed to do was actually go in, see the principal, didn't really get anywhere that way either, but you know, wrote a couple of really great emails or that I felt really good about. And I felt like I was able to express what I needed to express. I was able to state it and send it and, you know, feel that I had gotten my, uh, my need to be heard, you know, to the relevant people. And, you know, whether it changed anything in the moment or not was uh, not so important as the fact that I felt I had said my piece in a way that was respectful so talking about that you know and and realizing uh looking back at ourselves you know i realized that was a different experience for me to feel empowered in that way and what had changed in me that allowed me to have that experience of empowerment in that situation and what i realized interestingly enough was that all my work with sexuality with communication all these things we talk about here all the time really have started to be embodied i've started to really live into them and so my ability to speak out in any situation has improved so you know i wanted to just bring this up today to say that you know it might feel like when we're talking about communicating our sexual desires when we talk about communicating with our intimate partner and negotiating consent or negotiating what we want this is not just about sex. This is about everything in the, in our life. 
And so, you know, I'm going to ask Declan if he's got uh, anything that comes to him. Maybe he's got a story as well um, about how he's noticed his ability to be empowered and to speak out has changed with doing this work in the field of sexuality. Thank you. Very good question. So it feels like it feels like being more centered. It feels like not it feels like not grasping, not not overreaching is what it feels like. And if I notice myself overreaching, it often um, leads to if I follow that overreaching, it often leads to a an uncomfortable situation or or a, or a more than uncomfortable situation because of course uncomfortable situations you know if we're meeting our edges and meeting our boundaries can can be you know most often the period of uh, the the area of growth or learning or something or, or conflict resolution or if you're dealing with another or something like that but what I find find mostly for myself is that it's it feels you know balanced like centering yeah, that's really interesting. The way that you worded that just kind of made a connection in my brain. See if this resonates with you um, about getting out of our fight or flight, kind of out of our learning zone. Most of us are walking around in a hyper aroused or hypo aroused nervous system, which means we're not able to actually think clearly or feel centered or communicate from a place of um, our wisdom brain, you know, our, our higher brain centers, because, you know, if we're walking around in fear or we're walking around in anxiety, we're not able to be there. So what it feels to me like you're describing is this, um, this expansion of your learning zone that you can spend maybe more of your time and more of your interactions are based from that centered kind of balanced nervous system place. Yeah. Yeah, getting because if yeah, if, I feel like if we're in that place, and we may actually feel like we're balanced, and we may feel like we're centered because it's potentially a uh, comfort zone, and I think oftentimes the comfort zones are come from uh, uh, habitual patterns, and if we're in those habitual patterns, chances are the learning is either very small or or you know non-existent. You know, not necessarily, of course, there's always exceptions because certain high, um, high productivity individuals are, are like in habitual patterns and they're still managing to get a lot of things done or, or whatever. But, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're uh, progressing or evolving, you know, on a personal level if we're, if we're achieving in the world as as our society dictates but I feel like I may have gotten off topic slightly there <laughs> well I was just gonna it. say how do you feel your I know you've done quite a lot of work and study on the, in this communication consent kind of piece around you know working with your body with touch with sexuality how do you feel that awareness has helped you stay centered in other areas in your life yeah, I think mostly is like I mentioned before is is being able to catch myself more more quickly when I am am reaching too far or 
pushing the, the boundary maybe too quickly. What I find with myself is that if I approach those boundaries with awareness and, and you know, being receptive to a change or being receptive to, oh, here, I'm getting towards, you know, or I'm getting away from my comfort zone. Oh, here comes, here comes the, the other place that I'm not so familiar with. And if I notice what I notice in my interactions with, you know, the world at large is that I'm more able to notice that in myself. And then when I do notice that, I'm able to, my coping mechanisms or my, my, communi- my communication skills are um, more readily available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that, you know, you describe that, that learning edge very well. I'm wondering if uh, if I may be so bold as to ask if there's a specific uh, time or experience you remember maybe when practicing those boundaries. I know we practice that a lot with touch. So in a somatic sex education kind of session, we might do a lot of work around finding that learning zone with our body and touch. So I'm wondering if you have a memory of working you know how did you get to this place of being able to be more centered i guess is what i'm asking well yeah practice 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 and being aware of of what uh, of potentially you know it's not of, of course uh, i'm not perfect in my assessment of things but be just being aware of of what is what is mine you know what is mine, and what what is it that I feel is coming at me from from another? You know, which you know arguably could be just an extension of the self. You know, if that's getting deep into the psychoanalytical aspect of it. You know, I'm not a psychologist, but just no, noticing and trying to not, you know, one of the four agreements, not take it personally. Mm-hmm. Do you find that you you do most of this noticing? I mean, you know, I feel like maybe I'm leading you to a different place because I respond so well to touch and working with touch as my way of exploration has really helped me to be more in my body and centered. Uh, what you're describing seems to be more of a, a thought process or, or a feeling, a sensing some other way. How would you describe your experience? I feel like it's responding to to the cues, you know, responding to my cues, my internal cues, and responding to the cues of the other or the group of, of you know, whatever, whoever or whatever I'm, I happen to be interacting with in, in, in this moment or that moment or, you know, whatever the case may be. And, and often in my experience, it, it's been in the past, uh, a male-dominated work environment where there's a lot of like uh, machismo and 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 you know this male uh, um, let's get her done kind of attitude, and uh, they just kind of brush aside you know some things that I feel are important, and uh, yeah, so it's. I think that answers your question. <laughs> so the empowerment cool. to you, yeah, I think what you're describing is maybe what I'd term the felt sense. 
Um, does that sound right? Like the inner felt sense of, you know, the you said noticing the changes internally inside you when you're experiencing a, a situation or or a relationship or a, a something at work, you know, as opposed to you could learn these kinds of skills through negotiating actual touch with another person, but perhaps we can also learn this centering kind of aspect from becoming more aware of our internal felt sense. Would, is that how you describe it? Yes, because, you know, oftentimes when you're out in the world at large with our, with our society as it is, is, oh, you know, there's, there's no touching allowed kind of thing. It's kind of this unwritten rule or sometimes it's written and so touch is not um, it's understood that it's definitely not part of the interaction there's no touching so you have to deal with it in a certain manner and uh, it, it can make it more difficult because touch can be very grounding mm -hmm. and, and so when that's not part of the interaction and it's understood that it's not part of the interaction but it's not talked about it, it can it's it's easy for things to escape and for energies to dissipate and for for the anger to be um, unleashed or so or, or expressed hmm. in, in a way that that's that can be that can be hurtful because there's no ground yeah that's very interesting uh, that you bring up the idea that we've kind of lost our um, kind of human touch you know if we think about apes or monkeys or, or our close relatives biologically speaking you know they touch each other a lot they're grooming each other and all of these and as humans like you said we don't allow that or it's an unspoken not uh, not permitted kind of thing now so we do have to rely on um this inner felt sense which uh you know is more more difficult, I think, sometimes or to actually get in touch with than, you know, real touch. Uh, I say real touch. It's all real, but, you know, the physical touching of a chair or an object or another person. And, yeah, I, I, I find it interesting, too. I sometimes think about language and how we, we often say things in our society that are kind of understood to mean this, but if you actually took apart the words and took the meanings of the words that actually mean something different. So, oh, let, let's keep in touch. And this could mean you're keeping in touch with somebody that's, that's halfway across the world or the country and you're communicating with them by email or telephone and there's actually no touching involved. But we still use those words to describe the, the interaction. So I find that really interesting. Oh, yeah, let's keep in touch. But, well, we're actually not going to touch because we're not in the same mm -hmm. physical location. Yeah, so perhaps our, you know, um, yeah, we're we're sort of get keeping in touch and keeping all of these things as a way to build relationship. But because we're losing the actual ability to touch and negotiate touch, we're kind of sometimes losing the ability to keep in touch on these other levels too. So I'm wondering if um, you mentioned kind of bringing that awareness that you have of being in touch with yourself in this way has helped you to stay centered and be empowered in your uh, interactions with other people and when you come up against these frustrating um, barriers as we do in life um, do you have a sense I mean I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here but is there a sense of something that you could offer to our listeners to 
to practice this ability to stay centered, maybe help them to feel this empowerment that you're describing of being really centered and grounded and not pulled off center. Do you have a really simple practice you'd be willing to share with us today? Sure. Well, physiologically, you know, um, I think of stacking the bones, you know, like lining up the joints. Like we're, we're so often in our, in our daily tasks, uh, uh, overreaching, you know, just simple tasks like carrying a box or the chil- carrying the children or doing the dishes or, you know, whatever the task is, we're, we're often, our posture is not great. So just being aware of the posture and being aware of the spine and, and keeping the spine erect, you know, keeping your spine erect, like stacking the vertebra on top of one another. Like keeping your backbone, <laughs> really, because, you know. backbone. Yeah. And I started exploring this, this, um, African dance style recently, Kizomba, and it's, it's fascinating. And I, I heard about it a, quite a few years, a few, five six years ago, and and I thought, oh, it's just some new dance craze that's that's gonna, you know, it's it's just oh, it's the same as salsa or whatever. And not, and I do love dancing, so I'm not I'm not dismissing it, but it's like it really is a, a different way of dancing. It's like really paying attention to the actual physical posture of yourself first and I had the experience recently of actually um, my partner my dance partner actually physically moving with without me moving I led the movement by only thinking about it and I didn't do anything physically and my partner moved and it was like oh that is that is profound mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we have you know this this idea of one of the seven principles is like you know all is mind it's mentalism all is mind and it's like we our minds are so powerful so just being aware putting attention awareness on the spine and if we're doing awareness on our spine chances are it's going to lead to the pelvis you know our pelvis has to be relaxed in order for our our tailbone to be sitting properly in order for our uh, sacrum to be there and then our lumbar is on top of the sacrum and then everything just lines up on top of that and oh my legs got to be relaxed and oh my my, you know my my knee has to be over my foot and my my uh, hip has to be over my knee or my shoulders have to be over my hips you know everything once once you line it all up and pay attention to your spine it can lead to being able to engage the mo- the stabilizing muscles and relax the mobilizing muscles. I love how you, you uh, bring that back to something that, you know, we can all do for ourselves. It doesn't even re- rely on having someone else to practice touch with. We can just align ourselves and in that alignment we have power. And uh, I think you're well aware of that in your all of your uh, martial arts and dance experience. And I I love that we can, you know, bring that awareness back. So again, just having that somatic awareness, we call it, or that alignment can lead to, you know, even physically, we have more power when we line, when we're aligned properly than if we're all off balance. Um, Any any athlete will, I'm sure, uh, corroborate all of that. So thank you so much for that, that lovely... Uh, mental picture of aligning you know both our mind and using our mind to help align our body um, to find that empowerment I think that's a, 
a wonderful way to practice that even at any point during the day. So, uh, you know, keeping that idea of empowerment is a surprising, you know, what I found to be surprising benefit of any of this type of somatic work. You mentioned dance, martial arts, breath work, inner awareness, you know, whether it's sexuality or anything, all of these things bring us back to that same connection, mind-body connection, really. It's been around for a long time. So uh, hopefully you as listeners today uh, will try that at home and let us know how uh, how that goes with, with staying aligned and empowered. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Pleasure for Health podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please share it with your friends and loved ones. Let's discover and celebrate more pleasure together. Again, my name is Ailsa Kepi, and you can find out more or contact me on my website, www.pleasureforhealth.com. I look forward to sharing another episode with you again very soon. Wishing you a pleasure-filled day.